Welcome to City of London Sinfonia podcast. I am Arna Margaret Jónsdóttir, marketing assistant, and recently I, along with Elaine Baines, our chief operating officer, caught up with poet Ruth Padel to talk about our upcoming event, Shiharasad, at Southbank Centre, Queen Elizabeth Hall, on 1st of December. We discussed the poem that Ruth wrote for this occasion that is based on the frame story of 1001 Nights and how Shiharasat, as the first female superhero, uses the power of creativity to conquer injustice. Well, my name's Ruth, Ruth Padel, um, and I've written a lot of very different books. Some concentrate on nature, some concentrate on science. I've written a whole book about in a way, the three Abrahamic religions, that's Islam, um, Judaism and Christianity, in the Holy Land, which is a land holy to all of them, and concentrating it around music, around the idea of harmony and how you can perhaps reach some sort of harmonious peace through music, like the great orchestra <coughs> that Baron Boehm has created. Um, and I'm also sort of really interested in history, and in music itself. So those are the things I've written about in my poems. And so I was absolutely thrilled to be offered this commission because it seems to combine feminism and the heroism of a young girl faced with male power and um, art, the, the power of creativity, and indeed the, the problem of the Western, West has with Orientalism, with how we orientalize and fantasize about the other. So those are the things that um, yes. I was made me so excited for this commission. Do you remember the first time you heard one of the One Thousand and One Nights stories? I <laughs> had, as a child, I had. My mother loved reading to me, so I very much connect storytelling with mm -hmm. women, with mothers' voices, as of course so many of us do. Um, and she also taught me to read. So I had this fabulous book, which was just Tales from the Arabian Nights. And they were just the stories. And I remember sort of colouring in. I was a terrible colourer in of my absolutely priceless now old children's books, but I loved doing it because it sort of seemed to, to me to belong to me more and I belonged with it more when I when I put my coloured pencils in the beautiful drawings, sacrilege. <laughs> um, but... Um, uh, so there was the flying horse and the and Sinbad the sailor and the city of brass and all sorts of things and you know so I read them very very young. And why do you think um, these stories have inspired so many poets, writers, composers? Uh, well, I think that imagination, which is, comes from the power of image, mm. um, are, we are image making creatures, and so we are very excited by images anyway and these are images from the other side of the world and I think that's sort of crucial because then it makes us long to go out from ourselves into something else beyond you know we all wish there were all these stories about wanting to go to sea why do we love the sea because it's the edge of the known and it's the beginning of, of, of a journey into the unknown and that's that's the power of poetry, that's metaphor. Metaphor is a leap into the unknown. Um, it's joining what you know to what you don't know. So I think all these thousand and one stories, it's just sort of dug into all that part of our sense of imagination. It's not only escape, it's a journey to, to discover, to discover things about the world, and in so doing, perhaps discover things about ourselves, but also just to go beyond. Hmm. 
Hello, I'm Elaine. I'm the orchestra's chief operating officer. When I first heard about this project, I was very excited because although the Rimsky-Korsakoff use vaguely oriental 1001 night titles for each of the movements, he didn't really base them on any particular stories or voyages of Sinbad. In fact, he was at great pains to point out that he just wanted the listener to enjoy the symphonic music and um, think that beyond doubt it was an oriental narrative of some numerous and varied fairy tale wonders and not just four pieces with a common thematic link. Um, so the, the, there aren't any proper 1001 night stories associated with each of the movements, but the chance to commission four stories to um, that will be companion pieces to the music and will um, the music will inform the stories, the stories will contemplate the music, was really excited, exciting. And one thing I was particularly excited about is we know Scheherazade was a storyteller, but we don't actually know an awful lot about her. She doesn't have an inner voice in any of the books. And to find a woman who has the strength of character and the creative ability to say, okay, I'm going to take the shake on. Uh, Enough deaths, it's my turn and I'm going to deal with them. And that's just not a picture you get from the literature of women, supposedly in this period. So I was really excited to get the chance to explore that further. And when Ruth and I first met... I asked her specifically to think about what Scheherazade might be thinking as she was waiting for the sheikh to turn up at the bedroom on the first night. Mm. Yeah, and um, when I started, I mean, I, I, I read a lot of Marina Warner's book, Stranger Magic, which is very interesting. I read a lot of the stories. I listened to the Rimsky Korsakoff a lot. Um, but I think, and you know, there's, there's a lot of women against men in the story. She's, you know, a thousand and one girls have died. She said to her father, I can deal with this. He says no. So she's already, um, you know, going against her father's wishes. And she primes her sister. So there's a sort of little confederacy of sisters here. And she goes to the sheikh and the sheikh, you know, they have this time in bed. And then her plan is, and it works, that she says, well, please, can I have my sister with me? To tell to for my last night on earth, and the sheikh says, sheikh says yes, and then he comes back to listen to overhear what the girls are saying to each other, the fantasy of every man over listening to um, girls, and so she tells the story, and then she stops on a cliffhanger, and then we take it from there. So, but what is left out of that story is what happened in the bed, and um, you know I, I, that was what I kept coming back to because the end of the story around it the frame story is that this happens every night every night she stops in a cliffhanger every night she um he says oh go on she says i can't i can't you know and so she you have to wait to the next night but this goes on for three years she bears him three children um what is going on in the relationship between the two of them that is what is the complete silence at the centre of the frame story, and I thought that was so mysterious. And also that he is has not been a bad king, a bad person, until this. Why is he doing this? Because he discovered his first wife was having it off with somebody else. And so he's wounded, narciss- big narcissistic wound of a poor ego male. And um, that's why he's doing all this. 
And so she's got to, as it were, cure him. And so another weird element in the story is that he's got a cousin or a brother or something. The same thing happens to him, that he's, his wife is unfaithful. And eventually, um, guess what? He marries Scheherazade's sister. So there's, there's an extraordinary um, sort of family frame around the whole, all the stories, which is um, a little bit suspect, but you have to go into it to discover. I, I loved, I mean, this poem is amazing and I think the audience is really going to enjoy it, but I was struck when I first read it that there is a, a rather strange comparison with The Lady of Shalott. Um, bear with me on this one. Um, they're both women in front of mirrors who are looking at life through the mirror. They're both doomed in a way. Um, the Lady of Shalott, Tennyson's Lady of Shalott, is a flawed woman, though, because she she undertakes... Uh, the doom happens because she looks at a man. She leaves the mirror, she looks out of the window, she sees Lancelot, and that's it. Her doom has come upon her. But with Scheherazade, she looks in the mirror and she grabs her fate by both hands and she goes forward and she deals with it. But isn't it interesting? That's fascinating, Ellie. Really fascinating. And I once wrote a, wrote a I was going to write an opera and I once wrote a song about the Lady of Shalott. There's this wonderful poem, the Tennyson poem. But Scheherazade doesn't only look in the mirror, she looks inside herself. And the story is that she's very learned. She knows all the poems, she knows all the stories. So she looks in the mirror, but she looks inward from the mirror. Or you could almost say beyond the looking glass, but I mean, within the looking glass in a way. And she discovers in herself the riches, whereas the Lady of Charlotte looks out. She sees the real landscape, which ought to be good. You know, if you're locked up in a tower, it ought to be good to be able to see real landscape. But unfortunately, she sees a man too, and she she goes for the man rather than the world. Mm. Whereas Scheherazade, whatever happens in her relation with the man, she is doing this for the world. Yes. Oh, fascinating. The plan is to play each of the four movements after its accompanying story has been read. So we'll have story, music, story, music. And Ruth is going to open the performance with Scheherazade waiting for the sheikh to arrive. And, and for me, that's very nice because then I get to hear the other performers with a sort of calm heart. Because if you're, if you're on last, you know, you're always ner nervous and keyed up for your performance. You can't really listen. So I can listen to my colleagues with a happy heart. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Ruth is the only writer who I gave a brief to okay. as such. Um, I, we've left it very much open to the other three authors to react to the music and come up with the story um, and the other three authors are Hannah Nilsheik, Daljit Nagra and DBC Pierre and as yet I've only seen Hanan's story which is very beautiful but I haven't seen anything from the chaps. So Interesting that considering we're talking about a female storyteller. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Have you performed at the South Bank Centre before? Yes I've I've done Yes, quite a lot in different places because I've done mm -hmm. uh, there's, uh, the Pushkin poem. I, I sort of did a version of once because I've done something there, and then I've done for the T. S. Eliot things. I've done things there, yeah, but not in a not with a great big orchestra. Yeah, and I'm very excited also because I'm my next 
year I'm bringing out a book of poems about the life of Beethoven. So I will be doing lots of work with with composers, with with not as much orchestras probably, but but anyway, string players, quartet yeah. players, singers and pianists. And this, I think it's a wonderful texture to have a single voice, and then you get the music. Yeah. And you said you had listened to Rimsky-Korsakov's music quite a lot before. Yes, I've worked. Yeah. I've written quite a lot about music in different yeah. ways, and I, I'm a singer myself and a string player, so um, I work very much with music. Do you like Scheherazade? I do. I mean, I on the whole, I, I'm more. I feel more myself with chamber music, um, but I love the textures. I love the. I mean, you know, he's. He, it's so dramatic. It's interesting to me that he wasn't taking Turkish tunes or Oriental tunes. He was making up what he thought Oriental tunes were for this piece. I think in another piece mm-hmm. he, he did, he actually used actual Oriental tunes. So um, it's incredibly impressionistic. It's like a sort of great big tapestry. And I also, I mean, I play in orchestras, so I love the different textures, the violin solo, the everything. Do you like it? I do like it, but my question was actually, do you like Scheherazade the woman? Mm. But I but I loved your answer to the yeah. music. <laughs> um, do I like Scheherazade? Do you like? Yeah, her? I well, yes, I think she's very brave, and she's trying to save all the other girls in the city. She's supposed to be, you know, very learned. She likes that. She's something we can only admire. She's an inspiration to everybody who tries to stand up for justice. And actually, I mean, I've just, I don't know if this is relevant, but I've, I've just come back from the island of Lesbos where there are a lot of Syrian uh, refugees and a lot of Muslim refugees. And the Greek islanders who are not Muslim are, are being so generous to them and admiring their courage. And I think, you know, courage, the courage to voice and stand up for things is something which, you know, crosses all boundaries. Okay, it's really nice. Good to uh, get to talk to you about Thank it. You. We are really excited to hear your poem at the South Bank Center. Thank you. And thank you, Elaine, for joining us. It's a pleasure. Great. Lovely. Shiharasad takes place at South Bank Center, Queen Elizabeth Hall, on 1st of December at 3 p.m. You can find out more on cls.co.uk. Thanks for listening.